You're listening to the Best Men Podcast with Fraser Simpson, Charlie Courtney, and Matt Cowlin, where we talk about everything from supercars to Fiat Multiplies, recent news to personal finance, and everything in between. Go to bestmenpodcast.com to learn more. And we have started. Well, no, we haven't started. That was just syncing the audio. Oh, well. It felt good. <laughs> it felt like the start. It was satisfying, time. wasn't it? Okay. Welcome to the Best Men Podcast with me, Charlie Courtenay. Never, you should never say that. What you should I'm highlight really... is the fact that that is Matthew Cowling and I'm Fraser Simpson. And yeah. this is the start of something which we hope you're all going to enjoy. And we're going to have a right laugh making. Okay. So should we, not, should we jump right in? So what's our first top of the agenda for this week, lads? Right, so we're going to have a talk about the stabbings in Leytonstone Station. Well, that's, a, that's quite a big one to start off with, but I think we've all got our opinions on it, Matt. Do you want to start us off? How much do we know about this? Do we want to... Do you know what? My, my dad was almost on that train when what? it happened. Really? Yeah, because he was in Camden. Oh, he was, night. wasn't he? Yeah, he was oh in Camden. Oh, my he was, God. And um, <clears throat> he said he was coming back and they stopped all the trains. And obviously it was a big oh. announcement. I mean, he wasn't too close, but it, enough to if, make he'd have left, if he'd have left 10 minutes earlier, he would have been right on the action. So what you're saying is it really has hit home on a personal level, the fact that terrorism can affect us all. Well, almost did, yeah, I suppose. There you go, it's very personal. What do you think, Matt? <laughs> I don't know, really. I think, what do you it's think? It's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit, well... Uh, let, me, let me put it to you a different way. How do you feel about all the people standing there, their iPhones filming it, rather than actually trying to help the members of the public service? Yeah, but you got to think, if you were in that situation yourself, what would you do? I'd, I'd charge him, because my, my facts... Well, even though the guy's got... He had, he had a knife. Doesn't matter. And he's obviously a crazy person. Doesn't matter, there's women and children about there. My personal opinion is, I don't... I don't throw, I get where he's coming from, because it's, it's one of them things it, where... It's, it's different when you've got <coughs> wives, partners, families to go home to, whereas at me at the moment, I feel that trying to save a child or not. I mean, there's, there's people there that are a lot less vulnerable than I am. And I think my life to save and possibly 10, because we don't know how that was going to happen. And plus, not to mention, standing there with your iPhone, that's just not going to help anyone. That, that's encouraging. But what about, what about the, the, other, the other argument? If nobody had filmed it, we, we, we wouldn't know about it. We wouldn't be talking about it now. I completely agree. It's, it's well, what happened to the, the good old days where you didn't, you just got out of there because there was they, some crazy man ran. with a machete that's, running around. That's <laughs> a really good point actually. That is such a that's, good the first thing I'm, that's the first thing I think of. I wouldn't think of, I'd think of getting out to be honest. I mean, I'd, I'd, be, I'd love to be the hero and charge in and take the guy out. But what, what, yeah. why, do, why do you think the guy did it? Well, that's the thing. Done it for Syria, didn't he? Yeah, but what does that mean? What the hell does well, that what mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it's a quotation. I don't understand what causing a fatality or pain to anyone on Leighton Stone tube station could affect a continent. Which so, is... what do we actually know? What what actually happened on that night? Do we know? Well, we only know what the mainstream media has told us that the public services were called to a disturb public order disturbance and. What has later been only described as a terror attack at the time, it was just classified as someone who was obviously not. Why? Why is it a terror attack? What does that mean? Well, they classed it. I think they they gave it that classification because <coughs> he was screaming for Syria, wasn't he? Yeah. So I think they they kind of just put two and two together. I don't know if it was a terrorist attack or if but it I was think just. Didn't, a they, didn't they go around his girlfriend's house the day later and it had um, propaganda and also their her computer was seized. Did they? the girlfriend of the man in question and they found a lot of he'd been converted over to the ISIS state or however they want to dress themselves now. Are you sure that wasn't the California shootings? 
Um, Was that that one as well? Not, I don't know. I'm not 100 sure on it. Obviously, it's only the mainstream media. I've got to read into that a bit more. But what else are we talking about today, Charlie? <laughs> we're already on to another subject. <laughs> <laughs> face is born now. It was abrupt. I'm not quite sure we covered everything. What are we going to talk about next? I'm not quite sure we've covered everything on Clayton's stone. If anything, I'll say we're just getting started. Let's just hold on. We're going to hold the phone there. We're going to hold it. No, I'm not going to give that to you. Yeah, don't get that to Fraser Brunson. Yeah, we'll be finished in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? That's what happens when Fraser Brunson out of things today. Right, lad, what's next? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. All this. Did you hear about the guys that they were shouting out? You ain't no Muslim, bro. But that, that was, was the guy who was filming it, wasn't it? That was the main, that was the, um, the video that went viral. But was he claiming he was Muslim or did he just say this was for Syria? No, it was. Well, Jeremy Corbyn's against the war in, in, um. Syria. It also started a trend on Twitter, didn't it? And it was a really popular trend on Twitter, which I thought was quite good because it's <clears> it's a good way of promoting that the actual religion isn't. It's, it's like you don't need to tar the, a whole generation of people with the same brush. Well, yeah, but that's for a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that's another thing we're going back to. <laughs> it's going to be over in five minutes. <laughs> well, that's how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guy who was saying, "Oh, you're not even a Muslim, bruv." But the thing so is, he never claimed to be Muslim. He just said this is for Syria. No, that's the thing. That's where. So why are we saying not Muslim? This, so we say he's not Christian. That's where the stereotypes coming from, isn't it? Some guys running around a tube station, stabbing people with a machete, and it's just it's just all of a sudden, instantly he's he's a Muslim, he's a terrorist. That's that's the, what we live in nowadays, don't we? Really. I mean, that is Charlie's views only. <laughs> just in case there's any crazy people. No, but seriously, listening. it is, isn't it? Like as soon as something bad happens. That is, I mean, no, I know he could mean, be. Yeah, he yeah. could be just some crazy, some some lunatic, he could, and he's he running could, around. Kid and how about, or we could look at it from a different perspective and say he is an incredibly lonely individual who has got nothing. He's mentally ill. He's got nothing in this world. He feels that he can get some form of camaraderie, some form of connection, some form of interaction with these people. He's got no one to talk to. He's got nothing. So what? They might be half a world away. If they make him feel like he's connected to something, which you can look at the military services in the sense of conscription in the 1950s where certain people come from these backgrounds having nothing. Do you think this guy would have still have done that if the day before we hadn't started airstrikes in Syria? I That's do. That's a great question. You do think that Fan- this guy would still have done Fantastic that? question, but I think he'd be doing it for different reasons. There'd be a different claim because as you so said... So what would he have said? He could have said, this is for the Falklands. I don't... Uh, to be honest with you, I think that's unlikely. Well... I th- it's, it's difficult to say. I After don't what think... what I just said, I don't know if I could... <laughs> you can go back on yourself. I don't. I don't think if we'd started airstrikes in Syria the day before, that guy would have done it. Syrian airstrikes. I. Are they going to give us more good or more bad? It had to be done. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. This is why we're talking about it. It's an open forum. It's there, there, is, see, there are I, no right or wrong answers. I see the. Um, I see the. Kind of benefits and doubts to it. Like the logi- so you're talking like, about the logistical side. Let's 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 all name three pros and three cons. Like it. Okay, so obviously a uh, a con would be that we're now a target. But we were um, a target before, to be fair. Yeah, we were, to be fair. But then there's people saying, "Oh, well, now we're we're definitely going to be targeted," even though yeah, we were a target already. It was a, it was inevitable. Something's going to happen, and when it happens, I think um, it's important to just have more faith in our security services. Agreed, but you know, you could also say that another pro would be the fact we're openly sending a message now that we are getting involved with military but we were already bombing in Iraq and uh, I think Iraq anyway so it's just 
It's not exactly it's a not whole visible. new campaign. Yeah, is it's, it? just it's just a more just... visible presence, I think, showing a bit of <coughs> military strength. But Con is obviously loss of life, whether it be civilian or <coughs> insurgents. We've obviously... been bombing Iraq for over a year, and not one civilian has been killed in those airstrikes. What makes you think that a, serious, uh, a civilian is going to be killed in Syria? There you go. Very, very good point. They do it. They're good at what they do. They're That's doing what, it for a reason. You, I think they forget. A lot of people are forgetting that these people—they're professionals. They don't just willy-nilly press buttons when they're flying in places. You know, it's all calculated. They've got hundreds of people yeah. on hundreds of people on the ground in the air, strategically doing immense mathematics and logistical math. I'd love to know how they know where they are. How do they get the intelligence as to where they are? I just like watching the videos because <laughs> they've got the. Um, What's the, uh, oh, what are they called? The Air Apache Air helicopters. Yeah. And there's videos of them and they're, they're miles away. And these, these guys, they don't have a clue. And yet these, they can see them clear as day. What, yeah. are, those new, what are those new missiles called? The Brims something. Oh, Brims Town or something. Where they, they reckon they can fire a missile <laughs> through a door and someone in the living room would not be hurt. Really? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's quite a bold claim, but I like it. So they, they, they're accurate enough to be a doorway and precise enough to hurt the person on the doorway and the person in the living room would be fine. That is incredible. So that's the kind of technology we're dealing with nowadays, which is goes back to civilian casualties. If they're that accurate and they know who they're targeting, and we've been bombing Iraq, these guys in Iraq for over a year, and (laughs) the one civilian has been hurt, then it's a no-brainer. Then I think it is. I think you're right. The only con I can see is the one I said is it's going to make us a bigger target. What about war? Has never ever ever um, bombing has never ever 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 stopped terrorism ever. Why do we think it's going to hurt? That is a fantastic point, mate. You're, you're completely flipping it. I like it. But would you argue that putting infantry on, general infantry on the floor, do you reckon that, is that going to get us further? Risking loss and life from our own military services? That's too risky. Mm. Too risky, you say, but is it? But what, mate, what, why too risky? Because the, those terrorists, just, they, just, they just don't care, do they? But you say they don't care, but what about the guy that got caught the other day and he cried like a little baby when he got captured and he just cried and he cried and he cried and he cried. What was that one? A guy from ISIS got caught and it was he just cried and cried and cried like a little child when he got caught. Uh, yeah. So you think are they crazy nut jobs? They're not. They're not a trained army. They're not. They are just crazy nut they, jobs. They're just, just brainwashed from a young yeah, age. Yeah, that's it. That's all that's they it. are. They, you, you take that you, you kind teach, of extremist influence away. You teach a child <coughs> when you're in the sweet shop when you're a kid and you see the pick and mix and you, you pick up a sweet and then you just eat it and your mum does your mum bash your hand and say no that's fevery or does your mum turn and say. It's only a pet, don't do it again, don't do it again, and carry on shopping, right? Because in later life, you exactly, remember that. You always remember, remember that trait, yeah. It's a, it's a hard one. <coughs> but let's look at Paris. They've just, from what I've read the other day, they've just shut down 10 mosques, right, with the intention of shutting down 100 more. They banned the burqa originally, and they're one of the biggest strongholds in Europe for anti religion movement. So you can, you can have your religion in your own home. See, that's. that's... I, I don't know whether I agree or not because they've got very low crime rate. It's it's one of them. It's a really that's a really touchy subject, isn't it? It is banning right, religion. But that's, I mean, it's not a question of banning religion. To... It's in the public place though, because it's not banned. You can do it in your own home. But look at the Crusades. Look at all the other huge religious movements. Only results in death in public and public opinion. So put it in your own home. The only person you can hurt is yourself. Yeah. No. I. I in a way, yeah, we we should. We're a Christian country. I'm not religious, but we're traditionally. Not anymore because they're shutting down the faith schools now. I don't know if you heard this today. 
Yeah, really. Shutting down the faith schools because uh, it um, conflicts with. No, it promotes diversity apparently, which is not what they wanted to do. But that's a whole different subject, and not the the world is diverse. I think it's not just the world. I think it's more that in England as a country that we're so multicultural now, which is in no way a bad thing. Because, but wouldn't you agree that we're trying to smash so many cultures into quite frankly quite a small island? And surely there's going to be conflict when you're putting people with so many different opinions, whether it be right or wrong. Yeah. If you take to someone that's red, and they say no, it's green, who's right? Because they're they're going to passionately believe that they are right, and it's always going to lead to conflict. Alright, yeah. So in terms terms of religion in the open, I think Paris is definitely in for more trouble. What with these closing of mosques and things. Do you think the airstrikes will do anything? Personally, I do. I've got every confidence. <laughs> what 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 do you think it's going to do? I, I understand the argument in um, cutting off their f- uh, financial supplies. Like they oh. first started with bombing the um, oil fields, oil fields where it? they get their money from. Yeah. I think the strategic with good strategic plan, then we can maybe alleviate some of the problematic people, and with any luck, cut their finances. And eventually, do you know what, ISIS are the best funded um, yes. terror group? They are. They are it's more than the Nazis. They've got enough to go for over a year if they didn't earn any more. Their annual revenue is over a billion but, dollars. Con- God, Jesus Christ! But contrary to that, apparently because they earn money through um, the oil fields. They tax the the in inverted commas tax the people of the um, country. country they've taken over. Like they've got some of it. Um, they um, oil was a big one. There was. Um, they're also getting privately funded people. They're getting funded by. Saudis buying the missiles off them and every way other country and every man and his dog and also um, hostages and ransoms and stuff like that and it, it, it works I mean, out to be over a billion the, dollars the thing is you're, 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 you're going up against the force which have got no rules they've got no scruples and they've got no decency so that is always going to be a dangerous person because one of the oldest expressions is there's nothing more dangerous than someone who's got nothing to lose <coughs> you've been brought up with nothing to lose life is cheap <coughs> You can do what you want. You've got a gun at the age of six. You can take a life at the age of six. That's a pretty scary fall. I think we're getting really deep into this, and I think it's probably a good idea to have a break, <laughs> come back with a life, different a different a subject, subject, and then carry on with it next week. Okay, good. Okay. Let's just go to an advert, which we don't. So while we're all sitting here, guys, where did it all start? So, as as I was saying, we're going to talk about how we started the podcast. So we was in. How did we start the podcast? We started the podcast. It just sort of, it all kind of yeah, I mean, you getting your flat kind of thing, kind of. The venue. That, that got us back together as a trio because we were kind of off doing our own things. And uh, obviously it was the Lakeside trip, wasn't it? Lakeside Shopping Centre. The, the Great Lakeside the great trip of 2015. Lakeside and trip may, I, may I jump in and ask, how did we get to Lakeside on this faithful trip? Oh, well, that is something <laughs> I'm going to pass over to Matthew. I think, Matthew I think this is a Fraser story because Fraser feels a lot more passionate about this passionate than I've ever cared. <laughs> I honestly feel so passionate. He, he, wants, to t- he wants to talk about it. Go on. Friends, <laughs> now's, your now's your chance. Now's your chance. Leaning close. Leaning close. Come closer. Right. Closer. Let the viewers closer. Right, You've got me. to get serious right now. <laughs> Guys, so the fear multiplier. There it is. The multiplier. The multiplier. The reason the, why we're doing a podcast. The guys, I mean, the multiplier. I remember it when me and Matt and Charlie always used to meet at Sainsbury's. Don't ask me why, it just seemed to be a hub that we always just seemed to meet in Sainsbury's car park. And it's got like this slip road where you can't see a thing. But I deliberately, I remember every now and then when we used to meet up, there'd be this beautiful Fiat multiplier that would just come screaming around the corner with a young 17 year old Matt Cowling in the most absurdly, beautifully retro, right right wing, left wing, whatever you want to call it, 
Fiat Multiplier, which is obviously famous for the free abreast front seating. <laughs> so, guys. It's the double shot. Do you know, before that Multiplier, I had another Multiplier. A black one, the old school one. Because do you remember the old school yeah, one had, had the actual the frog lights? Yeah, I had, yeah, we had that one before as well. Because you know that. It's a connoisseur. It's because you've multiple. got great taste. Yeah. And when this one dies, we're going to get another one. I don't blame you because, as Charlie just said, it does kneel the shotgun rule, which is a good thing. <laughs> it does kneel. But, so that's, where, that's where the beauty <laughs> of that. And we're talking about like 50 cupboards, and Matt had nothing. Nothing scratch but scratch cards. cards. <laughs> what do you mean scratch cards? You had an you addiction could, to you scratch just, You cards. couldn't get in it without... Do you think now is the appropriate time to talk about my advent calendar? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was actually just about to mention the advent Matt, calendar. you've got to take this one. Give, give Courtney the credit, mate. You, I, I think I, I, I... To me, it's just an advent calendar. You seemed a lot more... Well, it's the amount of effort that your partner's gone into for it, not to mention she's, she's... The amount of effort sheeing gone to ruin your life again. <laughs> yes, Charlie. <laughs> I was in really you, you loads of, I'm sorry if she can hear this outside, but... It's a contradiction. <laughs> she's she's going to get you into a downward spiral. <laughs> scratch cards. I think we need to explain what it actually is. <laughs> but it's handcrafted... How do you describe it? Houses, village. With your hands. That's it, it's a village. Oh, which has got a corresponding so. chocolate of mixed variety, which, let's face it, is attention to detail, mixed with corresponding numbers to scratch cards, which Matt in the past has suffered somewhat love affection with. <laughs> what, what, what have I suffered It was a worry. At, at it did get to a point where we did contemplate dragging you, putting a bag over your head. <laughs> I'm dragging you in intervention. Why is that? Because <laughs> when we got in your fit multiple with fifty cupboards, it had fifty cupboards <laughs> bulging with, with McDonald's barbecue sauce and trash cards. <laughs> they were the good times. Oh, those were the days. Oh, and now we're sitting in your lovely new home, talking about your advent calendar that your partner's just made for you with love, care, and affection, mixed chocolate. Talking about being cards. seventeen years old in Sainsbury's car park with the your mum's car. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it did beat my Ford Fiesta, which had no rear suspension. It was a bit of an issue, which every time we went round the roundabout, he thought he was going to die. That fiesta was beautiful. <laughs> fiesta was but we, we almost did die going round the roundabout near mine. That if was, you remember, if there was, was a woman issue. and a kid there, they would have been dead. What happened? We had a puncture, and it literally, because the car had no ignorant reason. sod, right? It was bad. <laughs> we were being told the whole way back from, from, from college cinema, to mine. Sort of that was from college. Oh, from college. From, to mine, because he was dropping me off. And uh, we were being told by text, by phone call, that he had a flat tyre by... Was it by Dan, wasn't it? I don't How did you know? How did Dan? Because they were following us. I don't they think they... Oh, you've got a flat tyre, but he was oh. like, oh, they're just winding us up. Because they literally just non-stop wound me up about it. Kind of jealous of it. We went round the roundabout near mine, the little mini roundabout. And we turned the steering wheel. <laughs> and guess what? The car went out in none of it. It just carried on going straight. Oh. On. And we were just like, oh, this is a little bit of a strain. <laughs> Seriously, we would have killed someone. Oh, did yeah. Did you crash? Yeah. If it, weren't, it weren't like a 360 total that you're thinking of, but we just sort of mounted the curb and mounted the curb, hit the little fence, and that was really damaged for car. about two years. No, that was their damage to that car, Charlie man. That was that car was a, was a it beast. Was it could take anything. It was honestly, you laugh, but I think it was it was broken to the extent a car can be broken whilst you move, and it just, that was it. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. had a crash other than that? No, other than that, I've been quite lucky. Have I mean, I my fourth day of driving. I was uh, hit up the bum by someone. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to say which gender. Uh, Do I we know? Do you know who? No, I don't. Well, I you don't know them personally. Um, but they hit me. That, yeah, I can hear that in there. Stop it. <laughs> uh, so I was hit, and she wrote my. Oh, there, there it slipped. <laughs> the, the gender, which I'm not. I'm not. I'm not naming. They, which I just did. they. They hit my 
beautiful little Citroen Saxo. Which you've still got. Which I've still got on my but drive. And my bush is my bush. My uh, bush on my drive is eating my car. Well, it's, probably, it's probably been anchored there for the best it part. It probably is. It's probably intertwined into all the all the parts. It's probably the gay rate to Narnia in there now. Probably right? is. Should we go have a look? After this, well, I think, I we, think should we should get some listeners. We'll go down there. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah. So, wrote my car off on my fourth day of driving it. <laughs> oh. My fourth day, passed my test, got in my lovely little Saxo. That first car, so, hard so happy. To on my way to college. Bang. Boom. <sighs> she got it. Hit it. Hit it. She hit it. Oh, is it, it bad? Was, it won't bad at all. Do you know what it was? Do you know what wrote the car off? I needed a new bumper. <laughs> that's a, that's done, a valuable choice. That, <laughs> that new bumper and that new fresh car. painted was more than my car. <laughs> Can you believe that? £900 for a Citroen bumper. Guys, let me bring up another subject here. So we, well, I agree with what you're saying, Charlie, but for your for first-time learners, after you've just passed your test in this country, do you or do you not believe... This is completely up to you, so I'm not going to have an opinion on this. Do you believe that a first-time first time pass, should they have a brand new car, should they go down the route of spend more money but have the security and the safety of knowing they've got the latest airbags, the latest anti-skid control, or do you think they should go down a more humble route of working all summer to just to get that 500 quid together, you know, really not going out, really putting in the blood. Not that you're biased. <laughs> it's a completely <laughs> open question. <laughs> not a letter at all. Well, my first car was a new car. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's completely down to each individual. Do you? What do you believe? Do you think it should be the cheap and cheerful option, or just go string? Do you know what I think? I think if you can afford to, and um, you're comfortable with being able to afford to get a new car for your first car, then go for it. Because you've not got that worry. You don't have. You're not sitting there with your 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 four hours a week or your eight hours a week minimum wage job worrying whether or not your your clutch is going to go in. With your rattler, with your rattler, yeah. If you're going to need new brakes or something, because it's all it's all covered. Well, maybe not brakes, but I know what you're the, saying. You're saying you'll get covered. The, yeah. So, and very unlikely to happen. Yeah, if with a new car. Oh, I mean, it's not going to happen. Whereas if you if you go and buy a clapped out old Fiesta or Saxo like us, to be fair, stuff they, went wrong with my car. Mine never. <laughs> I never had anything go wrong. With mine. To be fair, you did like mess it about a bit. Yeah, but that was just. just <laughs> I've never seen a Saxo so low. What about you, mate? You haven't said what you feel. I think it's best to always get the best you can afford. Yeah. But do you think you should push yourself? Do you think you should? Well, push I didn't push myself, and I got that new K8. It was perfectly adequate. Do you remember the black and red one? It was. Yeah, it was incredible. It was a lovely car. But what you're saying is you're in a position to afford it. But when you hear about these 17-year-olds that they think it's so great when they drive past these lovely showrooms with these really nice salespeople, and they, like Charlie just said, they're on their four, eight, twelve hours a week while attending college, university. They get into these contracts and they don't seem to realise that yes, they might earn four hundred pound a month and the car finance is one hundred and thirty nine pound a month. But they just think about things like running it. And do you think? What would you that's think one about? thing I, I didn't even think that's... about. Even though I had a used car that cost me a thousand pounds, I didn't have a clue. So you paid a thousand pounds for that car. Where'd you get it from? Thousand pounds. It was second hand. The guy, well, actually, yeah, no, it was second hand. The guy who I bought it off was the first owner. His dad was an engineer and they looked after it. It's absolutely mint condition. This car when I got it. <laughs> Four days later, <laughs> written off. Where did you get it from? Where did you find it? Uh, it was, it? Yeah, it was on Auto Trader. Um, okay. I'm trying to think where I got it from now because it was a few years ago, isn't it? Yeah, so that's the problem. When you Christ. between 19 and 23, I think your life. I know a lot of people say you, you never wish your life, but it just goes very quickly, doesn't it? Mm. Anyway, we should probably start thinking about wrapping up. Did we want to talk about this? What we we're going to do last now? I think that's a good idea. I think do you want to explain should. the idea? So basically, every week at the end of the show, we're going to. 
look at the main news story on BBC News uh, UK. Not look about. And we're not going to look at anything to do with the um, like the, the the story. We're just going to look at the title and try and discuss it and work out basically what it is and what we think of it. So do you, want me, bit, to, do you want me to give you the headline? Let's the, go. Go on. You're the, you're okay, the, so the headline is. Co-op chain accidentally introduces 20% discount at stores. What do you think so Essex, far? Isn't it? Well, we'll, we'll come back to it. What do you think okay. so far? I think that is it's madness. Ridiculous. How do you accidentally... Well, we'll get, let's get there. Let's for get a big there. company. No, <laughs> it's it's not like... Um, the picture of the guy, that is... That, that says it all, okay. really. I would say that's probably staged. The East of England Co-op <laughs> intended to have the offer at just one shop in Clacton, however, accidentally rolled it out to all stores. I agree with Matt. I don't think anything's ever that big can be accidental. That just seems... Can you? Surely there are more than one people. The error was corrected a day later. Before that, the customer, the company had lost We're about 43,000. We're reading 43, into the story 000. too much. I thought the idea was just... No, we, re- we can read into the story after, just not prior to it. Okay, let's cut that. Cut that bit. Okay. I think it's. I, I think it's just stupid. How it's obviously a publicity stunt Sounds of some sort. It's just. Stunt, it? How can one store? It says the East of England Co-op. So one branch. So your Primark, for example, accidentally rolling out a discount to all Primarks. Could that happen? Definitely no. not. So no, that's what they're saying. Through, has happened. You'd have, have to, to go, go through, through the head office. They're saying the East of England Co-op intended to have, <coughs> unless. It's, it's like the head office meant to have it at just one shop, but they actually needed it all shop. No, does, it, does it say head office? It said the East, the East of England co-op intended to have the offer at just one shop in Clacton starting last Wednesday. However, computers introduced it at the checkouts of all 140 stores across Essex. Norfolk and Suffolk. Mm. The amount of checks that all it that has to go through. God, look, look at that. Though. You think they'd lose more than £43,000? Is that all they lost? That is crazy. Well, to be fair, a loaf of bread I mean, it was, was it about £85, <laughs> so... Eighty-five pound. Yeah, that's an expensive loaf. They're not cheap in the co-op, mate. The co-op. I started off with the co-op. The offer only applied to cans and bottles and packets. Not alcohol, tobacco, alcohol, tobacco, or fresh food. Anyway. Okay, so that probably explains the lack publicity. of money that they've lost. Yeah. Because I mean, 40, 43 grand is probably like me dropping forty p on the floor to that company. Forty p is a lot of money. <laughs> Alright, remember remember back in the college days, 40p. Don't talk to me about that. That would have got days. you a baguette, that would have got you water. That would have got you a bottle of water. That baguette. was me. No, I think what you're referring to is me saving up for my car that I went down the route of saving. This is this guy. How long have you had that Civic for now? I've had it since I was 19, but the story behind it is a bit of a. If I could go back in time, I'd slap myself in the face. Really you had that long when you were 19, you got that one when we stood at college. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I was saving up for it in college because I got my first mm. car, the Rattler, the Fiesta. No, you did have it in college. You did. You did. Towards college. the end of college, you had that car. Yeah, but car. I was 19 then. Well, that was why. Because I bought... No, hold on. You were 19 in college. I must have been 18 then. You 18. I must have been 18 because I spent years working the summers. I mean, I was... I mean, what was it? Bread and water when it... For, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. No, you laugh, was. but... <laughs> and if um, I did had penny jars... He had, he had this special hearing. hearing. He, could, he could hear... <laughs> Where exactly <laughs> you could pinpoint it was like sonar. Yeah, as soon as that And there was one time, spring to my mind, where, where a 20 pence piece was dropped, and I swear to God, I looked at Charlie and I said, That was a 20 pence piece. He looked five foot to his right, and what was it? 20p. And I remember the other day when we was, when we was in the town centre, oh, and that woman God. dropped a five pound note, and I and saw it going, he was like, There's a five pound <laughs> <laughs> It's the sort of thing that don't leave you. When did you spend that long saving? What did you do with the five? I don't know, she picked the woman picked it up, but I had to hold him back because I know Fraser, that's not yours. <laughs> he was physically jumping Foaming at the mouth, he the, was. Uh, for the £7,000 that I ended up saving up for that car, which again, I'd like to slap my past self in the face for spending that stupid amount of money on a car. Oh, that car's done you well. How much did you spend on it? Four grand? 
seven when it was I what bought it. How did you save up seven grand? How did I save up seven grand? Honest, <laughs> I feel like there's something else going on here. Yeah. No, honestly, the seven grand come from <laughs> selling selling my no, selling my original car and every year. Hang on a minute, what car? Ford Fiesta. How much did you get for that? I want to do the maths. Five hundred pounds. Hang on a minute. I've got a calculator. Five hundred pounds from the Fiesta. I don't know the, my exact funds, but what I do. <laughs> I know that every, every year my nan and my nan and granddad would they'd have this huge jar like classic jar thing they'd put for me my granddad's a cab driver if he got any loose change right twenties tens and so he just bung in and I, and over every year I mean it was huge and they gave that to you they gave it to me every year how much was that honestly it varied from two hundred quid to five hundred quid because my year. Because the reason being that my nan wasn't very good with money in the sense of she was used to the old system. So a pound coin to my nan, she would sometimes see as 10p or 5p, useless. In other words, she'd bung it in the, this big jar. And sometimes there's <coughs> bung five of them in there, and you just sit there and think, oh, God. And obviously, I went to the, every year I went to Tesco, and I used their coin star thing, straight in. If you lose 20%. You lose 7%. Uh, is it 7%? No, it's 0 point something. No, it's not, it's 7%. Uh, well, either way, when I'd done it, it was a bit cheaper, bearing in mind it was a few years ago. And I'm not to make working in Primark, just working, working. I sold my motorbike as well, didn't I? How did you buy the motorbike? Hmm? How did you get the motorbike? You had the motorbike since you were 16, 16. You? 15, 16. Oh my goodness me, that hairdryer. That was amazing. It was amazing. You could get into, from, from that, if it was 100 yards, you could get from first to like sixth. Fifth, fifth or sixth, it could <laughs> still be pulling. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> it was literally, you could see me coming though, because it was so big, it was just... He was the crazy frog of but I'd, college. But I literally, I'd slap myself for spending that amount of money on a vehicle when I could put it towards mortgage back then. But, you know, you learn these things, don't you? Anyway, 